you're looking for a brand new podcast with some interesting guests well you found it listen to in melbourne last week with me ivan pugioni i talk to a different guest every week about their occupation their hobby their love for something whatever it may be always interesting so be sure to subscribe i'm on apple podcasts stitcher and podbean so be sure to get in touch and listen to some really cool people on a really cool podcast So there I am at Lorenzo's, loading up my slice at the Fixin's Bar. Garlic and whatnot. Mm-hmm. When I see this guy over at the pizza box is giving me the stink eye. So I give him the crook eye back, you know. Then I notice that he's not alone. I'm taking on the entire Van Buren boys. Van Buren boys? Yeah. There's a street gang named after President Martin Van Buren? Oh, yeah, and they're just as mean as he was. So I make a move to the door, you know, they block it. So I lunge for the bathroom. I grab the knob. Occupy them. (laughs) Then they back me up against the cartoon map of Italy, and all of a sudden, they just stop. What? What happened? Because I'm still holding the garlic shaker, you know, like this. I'm only showing eight fingers. Well, what does that mean? That's their secret sign. (laughs) See, Van Buren, he was the eighth president. They thought I was a former Van B-boy. Wow. How was the pizza? It was a little oily. Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. Stephen, I've got a really good story for you. Yeah? Yeah. You know what happened? Is this the Seinfeldism that's going to be early? No, no, no. Well, I've, uh, I've got a really good Seinfeldism to oh, tell right, you right, later. Right, no, no. Right, okay. It's a story that, that happened to me. So, yep. I was on the phone to Bob Sacramento, oh, yeah. right? And then I had to go return these <laughs> these pants that I bought, right? Yep. So, anyway, I I, I went to the subway. Yep. And Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. What? What happened to Bob Sacramento? Oh, he, his part of the story's done. So, <laughs> uh. anyway, so then I walked, I walked th- to the subway, yeah. and then I went through um, like the the train tunnel, yeah. right? And a train was bearing down on you. No, not exactly. So then, what happened was, I slipped and fell, and I fell, ruining those pants. Hang on, wait a minute. I I don't understand. So, you were wearing the pants you were returning. Yes. What What were you going to wear on the way home? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say that, um, you know, it doesn't matter because you didn't return the pants Yeah, it doesn't anyway. matter because I didn't return the pants. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, got it. I love that false logic. That's my story. But I've got, but anyway, I've got a really good Seinfeldism coming up yeah. at the end. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This is a podcast where we talk about the secondary characters of the greatest sitcom of all time, Seinfeld. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And this week, we're going to season eight. Back to season eight, actually. I think this might be the second or third time this season we've gone there. We've been there a few times. Yeah, I know. It seems to be like a whole... And I think we've got a couple of other Season 8 episodes coming up. We do. <laughs> Crazy. It's just we, like we, the ones we randomly picked happen to be Season 8. Maybe they were underrepresented in previous seasons and we're just compensating now. Yeah. Now, Not sure. Yeah, now we've got to do Season 9 next season. Yeah. It just that's, that doesn't make any sense. Too yeah. many seasons. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the Van Buren boys. That's Episode 14 of that season. The 8th President. I think... In a, an underrated episode in a way. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was quite funny. 
Um, and, and I have an, I was telling you the other day, Stephen, I have a real appreciation for season eight now. Yeah, you, you were know? saying that. Yeah, some uh, of the episodes uh, are pretty. Yeah, some of the episodes are pretty uh, pretty top notch these days. Yeah. So I'm very. I was really impressed with the Van Buren boys. I know it doesn't get as much of a rap as other episodes. It's pretty forgetful for most people, but I I quite liked it. There's some classic moments in there. Oh, there are. What did you think of it generally? Just, um, I I think I watched it. You didn't like it. I think I watched it six times. Oh, okay, yeah. This week or five or six times, and uh, I did like it more as it went on, but it never grew on me to the point where I'd say it's a, a great episode. I'd say it's above average. Fair enough. But we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about where it sits now episodes we've reviewed so far towards the end yeah we sure will so we're going to talk about a bit about the episode a plot synopsis we're going to talk about a few secondary characters from the episode today we've got ellen jerry's uh, episode girlfriend we've got wick who's part of the susan ross scholarship and stephen corrin the uh, scholarship applicant turned van buren boy that's right and uh if you want to get in touch with us to talk about secondary characters from this episode or any other episode you can we have an email address bidwabask b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c podcast at gmail.com and you can find us on all sorts of social media our handle is at bidwabask we also have a website bidwabask.com we are on patreon as well if you want to support us uh you can check out our tiers uh and pay for if you want to yeah. uh, exclusive weekly content help us out please that's right and uh, we are available wherever you get your podcasts uh, now Google Podcasts yep that's it Google Podcasts so you can go hey Google brr, play sick, but I don't want to be a secondary character you tested that out the other I, day didn't I did yeah, do you yeah. have an Amazon no I don't thingy? have an Alexa no, no oh, an Amazon you, Echo what do you have I've got a Google Home Mini a Google Home yeah. I knew it was some sort of thing yeah well Google Podcasts Google Home so. true, true. <laughs> of course that's true yes I think that's very true yeah, what, but, so I wonder ne- if Amazon will come out with their own podcast app oh who knows they're kind of like taking over every single thing yeah so. basically yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm sure they'll, they'll do something I wonder if Google and Amazon would ever you know with the recent I think it's Time Warner and some other big media company in the US the oh, Supreme yeah, they, Court recently approved yeah. their, their merger yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and it's I think the biggest corporate merger in American or yeah. maybe even world history yeah 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 I wonder if, if you know, <laughs> Amazon Google, and Google like, that'd be know. like a hundred bazillion <laughs> squillion on. dollars Google's on <laughs> yeah, yeah literally Google's on yeah. to do it no, that's I reckon right. uh, what's his name uh, the owner of Amazon not, uh, not Bezos yeah, Mark Jeff. Bezos. No, Je- Jeff is it Jeff Bezos? Bezos? I mean, Jeff oh yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. If they had a kid, <laughs> Mark Bezos yeah. and Jeff Zuckerberg. <laughs> you know, what <laughs> that'd I mean. be the kids. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be their names. You know, that kid, that love child. Yeah, I don't know how it would work, but you know, yeah, it, you know, future genetic engineering or something. Who knows? That kid would be the CEO of you know Google's on. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> Let's talk about some Seinfeld news. Yeah, before we do, I, I just want yeah wanted to repeat we are now in Google Podcasts and uh, yeah the the app is pretty bare bones if you have Android but you can find us there and you can call us up on any uh, Google Home or Google Assist assistant devices. Cool. So that's awesome. I'm going to go to Lorenzo's uh, Lorenzo's and grab a pie and uh, Stephen's got the Seinfeld news. <laughs> Okay, this week's Seinfeld news. I think it's the biggest so far. Seven things oh, to talk about. Oh, my God. So, I'll go through them quickly. <laughs> some I'll elaborate on, some uh, not so much. So, Seven? Yep. My gosh. I, kn- I knew it was going to happen one day. You're always coming in. You're like, all right, I have one my Seinfeld goal is news. I have two digits. Seinfeld news. 
Double digits. Double ten. digits. Well, if you have any Seinfeld news, if you like to give it to us, please, let's get as many as we can. We could even <laughs> do like half of an episode can just be Seinfeld news. That can be our bonus episodes yeah. when, we, <laughs> yeah. when we start releasing <laughs> bonus content on I, Patreon. I just Seinfeld it. news. I love it. That's yeah. awesome. Just just finding the most obscure articles and trying to relate them to Seinfeld. Just making up our own Seinfeld news. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, to start off, uh, through the week, uh, Seinfeld did a interview with Ellen. Uh, sorry, an interview with E.T., I should say, Entertainment Tonight, Phone not Ellen. home. Yeah, typical. Um, <laughs> uh, and he was asked about the recent Roseanne cancellation after Roseanne Barr's uh, controversial tweets. I think that was early June? Yeah. Late May, early June? Something like that. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, he actually said that uh, she should have been replaced. The show shouldn't have been cancelled itself, which I agree with because a lot of the cast and the crew lost their jobs. She should have been replaced... Um, and that she personally shouldn't have been fired. Um, okay. He felt that it was a bit of an overreaction from ABC. Um, okay. He didn't say that he was supporting her, but he just thought that the, the, the punishment didn't fit the crime. I did find it interesting that the ejection from the show was quite sudden. Mm. You know, it didn't take long for them to think about it. And, no, and it, was, and, which and, it was within hours, I think. Exactly. She tweeted and, it in the morning, and by the afternoon, the show was cancelled. And mind you, Roseanne was a high-rating show. Like, the mm. revival was getting good ratings on TV. Oh, you know, considering TV is a dying medium, it was still... Pulling good ratings. I think it was an average of 17 to 20 million viewers per week, which, which in this day and age for TV is, yeah, a huge it's, amount. It's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Seinfeld in its heyday was pulling, I think, 27, 28 million. Mm, yeah. You know, so, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, definitely. I mean, I understand they had to sort of make a moral decision or what they felt was a moral decision, but definitely uh, a surprise reaction for yeah, sure. Yeah, I thought it was a bit harsh, but, you know, okay. punishment. But, yeah, I kind of agree with them, but... Oh yeah. well, what can you do? Yeah, I just feel sorry for the for the cast and crew who don't have jobs anymore. But I hear is, they're doing a spin-off series. Yeah, I think we talked about that last week. They're going to the be before. doing uh, the Connors, so it's going to yeah. be everyone but Roseanne, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be good. Yeah, at least at least all everyone gets to keep their jobs. Yeah, you know, which is good. That's true. And I don't think I mean Roseanne is you know in the nineties, and I haven't watched any of the new series. Is about Roseanne. I mean, she's the matriarch. She's the 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 title, the namesake of the show, but. Mm. Uh, you know, the rest of the cast and the rest of the writing is strong enough to, I think, be good without her. Yeah, you know, it's not yeah. like it's not like she holds it all together. Mm-hmm. Everyone pulls their own weight. So yeah, I think it'll uh, I think it'll be good once it's uh, rebooted without her. Ah, oh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> might be the, the ratings will tell. Hey, maybe maybe people will be so pissed that they was boycott the show entirely. True, and it'll sink. But it might um, galvanize people to support it as well. It's like, well, you know, yeah, support it or. Yeah, it'll, 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 it'll polarise people for sure. It will be, yes. Anyway, uh, this is a bit of a big one, and this was reported fairly widely. So, Here through we the week, uh, McDonald's announced that they, as part of a reboot of their breakfast menu in the US, because apparently uh, a lot of other fast food chains in the US have uh, really been capitalising on the desire for breakfast food, um, which McDonald's is very famous for. Uh, and over the last few years, they've lost about 20% of their market share, the breakfast market share. Because um, people can actually cook their own breakfast now. Well, not not just that, but apparently a lot of other fast food joints are offering breakfast like sort of every day, um, you know, and that's eating into some of their uh, their customer base. But uh, as part of a, uh, I guess you would say a relaunch or a reboot, they are going to be selling muffin tops. Ah. Just, just like the episode, the muffin tops, which we nice. covered, I think, in season two. So is it just going to have the tops plain or is it going to have it. bacon and eggs on it? Exactly. Nope, just the muffin top, tops. tops of muffins. Top of the muffin to you, Maccas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, and like I said, it's part of their overall strategy to win back some of their lost breakfast customers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, make sure you don't give the bottoms to the homeless.
homeless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, you're going to hear about it from all the activists. They're just stumps. <laughs> they're just stumps. They're just the bottom of making eggs. We're not good muffins. enough for the tops. <laughs> We're not good enough for the bacon and eggs in yeah. the muffins. <laughs> I wonder if they will do that. You know, take Elaine's advice and say you have to cook the whole muffin and take the top off. You can't just cook the tops. Yeah. Who knows? But they're different. They're like English muffins, though. You know, there's not like the stump and then like the top. No, no, but they're they're cooking actual muffin tops. Yeah. Like, not not English muffins. Oh, for real muffin. For tops. real muffin tops. Oh my god. I that's why. Meant, that's I why it's English news. muffins. No. Oh my god. That's why it's like. Why would I report if McDonald's are selling English muffins, which they do anyway well, as part of their muffins, Mc... and they're selling the tops of the English muffins. <laughs> no, no, the actual oh, tops of muffins. That that's even better. Yeah, that's yeah. why I reported it. Seinfeldism of the year, hands down. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, you look so unimpressed when I was saying yeah, it. Yeah, was. Like, like, what like, are you talking okay, about? They already sell McMuffins because I I haven't read about this. This is the first time I've heard about it. Okay. I'm like, oh, though. As in muffin muffins. Yeah, oh my no, actual God. muffin tops. Ah, yes. Just like the name of the episode from season six, seven, eight. eight? I think it was seven or eight, yeah. Another season eight episode. We did an episode of that. Yeah, we did. The muffin uh, tops. Yeah, so I believe that's launching sometime later in the year. Sick. Yes, and no doubt there'll be lots of uh, you know Instagram posts and stuff on the, on the opening day with Seinfeld quotes in abundance. Yes. Uh, fair bit of news. So... Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her husband, uh, Brad Hall, they happily celebrated their 31st marriage anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Through the week. That's right. And uh, JLD uh, posted a photo on Instagram with the caption, 31,000 years ago today, I married my current boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I love her Instagram posting. She's funny. Yeah, she's good. That's right. They're they're that old, 31,000 years. Another milestone, actually, uh, yesterday, uh, well... Three days ago, as of you hearing this pod, but yesterday, as of the recording of the pod, uh, it was Larry David's birthday. Happy birthday, Larry. Happy birthday, How old LD. is he? 85? 60-something? 90? I didn't actually get his age. <laughs> I just know that he was born July 2, some year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fifth bit of news. So, Stanley Anderson, he was the actor who played the judge in the finale. Standerson. Yes. He was Arthur Vanderlei, was he? Uh, what? He played the judge. His name was Arthur Vanderlei. In the judge in the, the finale. finale. Yes. Oh, he must be. Okay. Arthur Vanderlei. Right. See, remember, remember, like his oh, name's yeah. revealed, and George's like, "I have a good feeling about this." Yes, you know, because I, I haven't seen the finale in so long. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, no, his name was Arthur Vanderlei. That was obviously George's alias. Right, and he was an architect. Mm-hmm. Well, pretend you'd be an architect, Arthur Vanderlei. I actually watched the very first Seinfeld episode last night. And oh, I you like, watched the Chronicles? Yeah. Oh, good news, bad news. Good news, bad, uh, bad news. Yeah. Ah, nice. He's like Art Corvallet. Art Corvallet. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't an it amazing? Importer. Isn't it amazing? Imports? Yeah, just imports. How about export? Yeah. Isn't it funny right, how it's an Art, or export? Isn't it funny how Art Vandelay is from season one and goes all the way to the finale? Yeah, like from end to end. That must be like the only gag in the whole show where it goes from end to end. Yeah, must be. Yeah, yeah. that's. I can't think of any other gags that are recurring from the first first episode. Right to the finale. Yeah. Crazy. I wonder if it was made to be that way or if it was just, you know, like in a... I can't remember the next episode after the first one that Art Vandelay is used, but maybe they're like, we need an alter... Like a... Um, an alter ego, and they just sort of call back to the first episode, and then it sort of became a recurring gag. You know what I mean? Well, in one of your favorite episodes, the stakeout, yeah, George pretends that he works in the same building as Vanessa, Jerry's love interest. Actually, what's sorry, the, that's what's not the name the first of the building. Uh, what's sorry. the name of the comedy? Art Vandelay. I mentioned the first episode. I actually mentioned it. St- I actually mean it starts in the stakeout, not in the first episode. Uh, sorry, I my brain. Oh mistook. yeah, that's right. It does. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So, I, I thought it was in the first episode. Art Vandelay. No. 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 no, no. No, oh yeah, no, it's yeah. from the stakeout. Yeah, sorry, two. my because yeah. I, I watched yeah. I watched four episodes from season one in a row, and my nice. brain just sort of mushed them into one. And season one's like your favorite. 
Seinfeld, not quite. Yeah, it's it's up there. It's I up like there. It. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. You have a fond appreciation for season one. I do. A lot of people rat on on rat on it. But yeah. You just you just love it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's more of its time. I don't know. There's some sort of romantic love there. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Anyway, Stanley Anderson, Standerson, the actor who played Arthur Vanderlei in the finale, he unfortunately has passed away. Ah. Oh, man. Yeah. So about six weeks ago, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh. Um, and he passed away last week at the age of 78. Ah, oh, condolences to his family and friends. That's right. And uh, he also, which I didn't know, but I uh, watched the scenes on YouTube. He acted in The Rock and Armageddon both times as the president. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So he, he, he was good at playing like authority figures. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Just, nice. you know, well-spoken white dudes. Oh, well. Something Rest in like that. peace. That's right. Um, so this is probably my favourite bit of news okay. for the week. Was this number five? Year. No, this is number six. Oh, actually. Ne- news of the year. And this news is from Australia. Year, Most yeah. of these news items, uh, you know, come from America. Of course, naturally. the home of Seinfeld. That's yeah. right. But uh, this one's right from our uh, own country, Australia. So, and I'm sure you read about this. I hope you read about this. Um, a 36-year-old man from Broken Hill, he was fined $4,800 and also ordered to pay nine, $960 in court costs <laughs> after pleading guilty to bringing 45,000 bottles and cans into <laughs> South Australia <laughs> to cash in on their bottle refund scheme. <laughs> yep. First we have the muffin tops, now the bottle deposit I know, news. I know. Fabulous. So good. Fantastic. Yeah. Such a good news week. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah, so he apparently advertised in the local paper. He lives in some part of Broken Hill, which Bro- is a... Broken Hill's basically, it's on the border of New South Wales and South Australia. That's right. It's a country town in, in New South Wales, but it's right near the border. Yeah. I haven't been there, but I don't think it's very big. No, it's very broken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your jokes are over the hill. Yeah. Oh, stuff it. <laughs> um, he, it, like I said, his plan was quite elaborate. He advertised in the local paper... And he also bought uh, bottles by the kilo from the local pub, the Wilcannia pub. Uh-huh. And he loaded up a trailer and I think a van and he brought them down to South Australia, some sort of collection point. I don't know where. And uh, whoever was processing the bottles realized that some of the bottles, they must have had labeling or maybe the maybe the, the trays or something indicated that they were from New South Wales. And he had to actually admit that, oh, yeah, I brought them in from interstate. Um, he demanded $7,000. Oh, of course. He was reported and he was, uh, yeah, he appeared, he appeared in court. And the judge said that it was dishonest, planned, and that he wasn't entitled to it under the law. <laughs> Which I <laughs> think is a bit of a <laughs> bit of a bastard move. I mean, you know, even yeah. though he's trying to make some coin, you know, quote-unquote illegally, oh, yeah. he's still cashing in bottles that were just going to end up in landfills. Yeah, so there's no limit in South Australia. You get 10 cents a bottle. That's right. can over there. I was in Adelaide a couple of weeks ago and uh, I was staying in the city and my friend and I were just walking around, just, you know, hanging out and shopping and stuff. And I saw a guy, I saw him maybe five times through the day, probably from 10 a.m. till maybe 4 p.m. I saw him at least six or seven times, five, six, seven times, just collecting bottles, you know, just going around. He had like a little cart. Why not? That'll pay for his coffee or his lunch today. Yeah. He had hundreds of bottles in, in you know, in his cart and he would have been emptying it you know, over and over and over again. I don't know where, maybe into his car or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, some people do it as like a full-time job. It sounds like, like South Australians income. aren't that responsible. You know, like they just, 
they drop a can or throw it in the bin, they could they can get ten cents well, back. Uh, well, a lot of people leave the cans by the bins for people like him who are, you know maybe homeless people oh, or people right. with lower incomes, okay. so that they can collect them. Oh. So it makes so they it can collect them. So they yes, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> nice. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank yeah. You. So obviously, what the guy did was illegal, mm. and therefore it was wrong by the letter of the law. But morally and ethically, I'm like, you know, leave the guy alone. That's you know, it. Who cares? Uh, and finally, to end this week's Seinfeld news, a podcast put out by the New York Times. It's called Modern Love. And uh, it's a, it's an ongoing series where every week a celebrity reads an essay from the New York Times articles. So they just pick an essay at random. Um, and they generally have like a love or a romantic or some sort of, you know, sexual love, whatever theme. That's sort of their their uh, their angle. Uh, in an episode released, and I missed this in last week's news, uh, in an episode released on June 20, uh, Jason Alexander reads a essay called The Hunter Gatherer, sorry, The Hunter Gatherer Parking Division. It was written by Andy Raskin. Mm-hmm. I actually did listen to it. It's pretty good. Okay. Um, and it's basically a 20-minute sort of uh, podcast or, or uh, essay recital, um, more or less an argument between a man and a woman over a parking spot. And him, try, him trying to sort of prove how Fantastic. masculine he is by being good at parking and her so sort of saying that's he was, a bit silly. So he was trying to back in and she was trying to go forward and they argued. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, they were just going back and forward. Back and <laughs> forward. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Uh, that, that's probably the best Seinfeld news segment ever. I'd I reckon so. the whole history of our show, it's been, what, nearly a year and a half since we've started the show? Yeah. Thereabouts, and I think that's the best one. An emotional roller coaster. There's three or four Seinfeld episodes in those Seinfeld news segments. Definitely. Fantastic. A couple of celebrations, yeah. an unfortunate death. Yes. Um, you know, and a... It and had a, everything. And a cultural one to end on. Yeah. You know, New York Times essay. Of course. It's very you know, highfalutin. You're, so, you're, you're excellent at your job, Stephen. I know, I just Modern. get better and better. You do, you sure do. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. That's it for the podcast because we've, we've peaked. That's it. We're never doing another episode again. Yeah. We're done. Thank we're you done. for listening. Bye. <laughs> no, not really. Still give us money on Patreon. Yeah, please. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash beautiful bus. For no content. Indeed. When we come back from this break, don't worry, we're not going to leave you. We're going to season eight, episode 14, The Van Buren Boys. From Mongolia to Melbourne, you're on Bidwabas. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to be a secondary character, a podcast about the secondary characters of our favourite ever show, Seinfeld. And uh, today we are talking about the Season 8 episode, The Van Buren Boys. And uh, I'm going to hand it over to Ivan and he's going to take you through a bit of a plot synopsis for the episode. Thanks, man. First aired in the US, February 6th, 1997, directed by Andy Ackerman, written by Darren Henry. Uh, Jerry's girlfriend, Ellen, played by Christine Taylor, seems perfect in every way, but Jerry's worried that he may be dating a loser. George interviews candidates for the Susan Ross Foundation and rejects all applicants except one who's a lot like he was, a below-average student and underachiever who tells people that he wishes to be an architect. He even looks like a young George. He does, doesn't he? And I love how George is like, who's your favourite chess player? And then he's like, and he's like, yes, yeah. And that's something from again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I made him up. I made him up. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. (laughs) That's like what George would do. He just makes something up. Just makes something up. And you realize that this is the second week in a row. Last week we did the uh, label maker, and it's the second week in a row with a sort of a George lookalike. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's yeah. right. We had Scott last week. That's right. And then uh, we've got Stephen. His name's Stephen Corrin. Yeah. He's played by Jed Ryan. To George 
you know, two Do- lesser doppelgangers. Georges, doppelgangers, two, two Costanza gangers. Yeah. One who's one who's like a capable adult, and another who's a kid. So they're like the best parts of George. Yeah, the best parts <laughs> that he'll never get. Yeah, yes. not even the best parts. The parts that George will never be. Exactly. <laughs> the anti-George. <laughs> why? Why? You know, why design one building when you can design a whole city? That's true. The dumbest guy in my um, the my stupidest fraten- guy in my, my fraternity. fraternity. He, he became an architect after dropping out of dental school. I like how frustrated <laughs> George gets when he's like, you know, because aren't architects just art school dropouts with a you know with a with a with a desk and a ruler and he's like it's called a t-square it's called a t-square that's how pissed off he is yeah it's good <laughs> <laughs> Elaine is tasked with ghost writing Jay Peterman's autobiography but is annoyed when she doesn't find anything interesting ma- or any interesting material to write about as Peterman's day to day life is boring Ooh, I <laughs> forgot to buy plant the cable channels yeah. again <laughs> I forgot to buy plant food again <laughs> oh maybe I'll have a spare coupon <laughs> <laughs> he goes to his little coupon box <laughs> it's so good oh we've done that in the catalogue ad nauseum I want this book to be about my day to day life yeah yeah, and someone's changed the channels again <laughs> on this remote. Kramer goes to Lorenzo's Pizzeria, where he has an encounter with the Van Buren boys off-screen, uh, a gang which is named after the eighth president of the United States, Martin Van Buren. He saves himself by accidentally flashing the gang's sign, five fingers up on one hand and three on the other, a reference to Van Buren being the eighth president. Uh, Elaine tells Peterman about Kramer's encounter, and he suggests buying the story for his book. Stephen decides to change his career choice to a city planner, as you mentioned before, which causes George to deny the scholarship to him. He's outraged that this slacker feels that he can do better than George's dream job. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I love how Stephen actually wants to do something with his life. Yeah. And then George just talks about wanting to do something with his life. Yeah. And George is angry at him. Yep. You think Stephen would be pissed off at George? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah, I've got a few theories about that. Yeah, when uh, we talk about it. We'll talk about it when we get into Steve. For sure. Kramer sells all his stories to Peterman for 750 bucks with Elaine... Oh, no, sorry. Uh... Seven, no, it wasn't 750. 750. 750, yeah, no, half Kramer, of 1500. Kramer no, asked for 1500. Yeah, he's 1500. Peterman says half. Sold. Yeah, that's 750. Sold. Even before he's finished saying 750, Kramer's lunging at him to shake yeah, his hand yeah, and yeah. say sold. Peterman says, I'll give you half. Yeah. Sold. Sold. That's it. Um, so for 750 bucks with Elaine and his disposal, much to her dismay. To Elaine, Kramer's stories are not interesting and nonsensical. George and Kramer Most of these stories are unusable This is just a list of what's in his apartment Yeah <laughs> And I like how he's given up all his stories So he has to buy stories off Off uh, Newman He has to buy Bunyan Some stories Some Bunyan stories <laughs> Like halfway through the first story Jerry and Elaine are like We don't want to listen to this This is awful How much did you pay for this? Eight, Eight bucks. bucks I think I got ripped off <laughs> yeah, And ripped he leaves, off. leaves the apartment He's like Newman <laughs> Yeah Newman Hey, I wonder if my toaster oven's on there on the list of things in his apartment. My toaster oven on there. <laughs> my toaster oven on there. <laughs> uh, George and Kramer perform an intervention with Jerry regarding Ellen, as she claims to be, or they claim that she's a loser. Stephen joins the Van Buren boys and applies pressure to George to give back the scholarship. George asks Kramer how to get on the gang's good side, but Kramer does not say as he sold the stories to Peterman. Peterman later gives them back to Kramer. Kramer implies that they don't pick on their own they don't bother their they own they don't bother kind. their own kind that's yeah. right Morty and Helen Seinfeld meet Ellen and like her Jerry begins to see the light if the parents like her then something is amiss mm. George tries to prove to the Van Buren boys that he was a former member but gives them the wrong gang sign when forced to steal a passerby's wallet to prove his status George runs into the Seinfeld to refuse to go along with his plan <laughs> that's so good the gang chase after George 
And that ends the episode. Yeah, bit of a, a more complex one again. Oh, indeed, yeah. Like last week. As a lot of the later episodes are. Three sort uh, of storylines all moving at once. Exactly. Other secondaries include uh, Michelle Maker she uh, and Justine Slater. They play Ellen's friends Kim and Melissa. Uh, Bruce Davison plays Wick. He's uh, the Foundation board member. Uh, Tony Collette, not the Australian actress. Uh, she, he plays the Van Buren boys leader. Uh, there's the other scholarship candidates, uh, the other Van Buren boys, and Kramer's various friends at the bar. That's right. He's, as Elaine describes them, jackass friends. <laughs> yeah, jackass friends. Jackass friends. And also Bob Sacamano is mentioned again, but again. never seen. I know. I think in nine episodes he's mentioned in okay. Bob Sacamano. Yeah, right. From from what I read, yeah. A uh, bit of trivia about the episode. The character Stephen Corrin, he's named after one of the writers and producers of Sof- on Seinfeld with the same name. Yep. No. I've got that too. Cool. Another bit of trivia. Uh, there is a pop punk band. They're called Ledger. And uh, they have references to their episode in their song name, The Van Buren Boys. Nice. There you go. Haven't listened to it. I might do that next this week and yeah. uh, report on it next week. Nice. Um, Jerry's Twilight Zone line, when he mentions he thinks it's like a Twilight Zone episode, it's a reference to the 1959 episode, Persons or Persons Unknown, where the main character wakes up in a world where no one remembers him. That's right. Mm. And uh, in a, I guess you would say a coincidence, the actress who plays Ellen, her name's Christine Taylor, she is now married to Ben Stiller. Yeah, he's they've been the married son. since 2000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she, I don't know if they were, maybe they were dating at this point. I don't maybe. know. But uh, she is married to Ben Stiller, who's the son of Frank Stiller, who plays... Uh, Jerry Stiller. Sorry, Jerry Stiller, who plays Frank Stanza. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So it's all intertwined. There you go. Do you have any other trivia? Yeah, I have a bit about Martin Van Buren, actually. Just, okay. just a, little, a few um, bits of information about him. Uh, as I mentioned before, he was the eighth POTUS uh, and the first from New York. Uh, he was in office from March 4th, 1837 to March 4th, 1841. So hmm. exactly four years to the day. Hmm. He was preceded by Andrew Jackson and succeeded uh, by William Henry Harrison. He was also a founder of the Democratic Party. The Democrats. There you go. Yeah. And he served as the ninth governor of New York, the tenth second, uh, sorry, the tenth secretary of state, and the eighth vice president of the United States. There you go. Yeah. I have a couple of other facts about him. Yeah. So he was also a major supporter and a leader in the anti-slavery movement. Yeah, he was coming yes. up to the Civil War. He was after his presidency. So he sort of quit politics, but he still had a very public life. And mm. he, you know, he got he got more involved. Um, you know, when slavery became more of an issue in the in the eighteen fifties and sixties in America. Um, and he was the only ever president, even up until this day, who uh, had English as a second language. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, he's, he's Dutch. Was, oh, he was well, Dutch, I think his parents he? were Dutch, were Dutch or maybe yeah. his grandparents. He was born in America because yeah, you yeah. have to be an American-born Citi- citizen. Yeah, that's right. Or at least an, an American, American citizen. citizen, yes. Yeah, to be president. Um, but he, his Dutch was his first language. There you and go. English was his second. Fantastic. I mean, I, I imagine he, both, he spoke both fluently. But, um, yeah, the only one up until this day. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's an incredible stunt. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Nice. Cool. Should we talk about Ellen first? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, played by, as we mentioned, Christine Taylor, known for appearing in Zoolander, Dodgeball, and The Wedding Singer. Yep. Uh, and as we mentioned, she's been married to Ben Stiller since 2000, and they have two children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I really like Ellen. Yeah, me too. She, yeah. You know, like, I don't think she's a loser. You know, like, she probably just likes keeping to herself. I actually found it to be really interesting, despite her uh, mundane kind of presence, you know? Yeah. I know there's, like, a lot of unanswered questions I have about her. I guess that's the humour of the episode, the fact that you don't really know why everyone perceives her to be a loser, Hmm. but everyone just does. I love the scene where Jerry and her are in the... um, are in the diner, and then he's like, "Is that the same outfit you wore yesterday?" No, and I bought it this no, morning. I bought it this morning. Do you like it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Is something wrong, Jerry? No, you're you're perfect. <laughs> you're perfect. Hey, are you eating that fork off the floor? No, yeah. the waitress gave me another one. Oh, oh, that's all right. 
That's all right, I guess. <laughs> That's all right, I guess. He's disappointed that he can't find something wrong with he her. He can't find anything wrong with her, yeah. Yeah. Which is like the opposite, you know, like a normal person would just be like, you're perfect. Yeah, would just be happy that everything about her is great, yeah. according to that, you know, to, to you. But um, <laughs> did, yeah. did you find anything about her? Oh, I'm being as superficial as I can. Yeah. <laughs> When George asks. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm yeah. being superficial as I can. So, I tried to figure out what Ellen did for a living. And after a lot of thinking, I think she works in uh, life insurance. Life insurance? How did you get to that? Okay, a few clues. So, she mostly wears suits. She's normally quite well-dressed. So, I think she works in, you know, some sort of corporate environment. Okay. Like that suit that she wore or that she bought, you know, that Jerry... The red blazer. The red blazer. Yeah. That... I mean, even for 90s fashion, that doesn't look like a suit that you wouldn't wear to the office. You wouldn't mm-hmm. wear that casually, I think. No. You know, it looks like very much a work suit. Um, so that made me think, well, it's got to be some sort of white collar corporate job. And also when she... Uh, so in the opening scene when Jerry and her are at the restaurant, um, also the opening scene between them, she's talking about a... I guess it's like a life clock where you put in a bunch of variables and it gives you an estimation of how long you have to live. And... I thought, well, who who would who would need to know that? Someone who works in life insurance. <laughs> yeah. And she also emphasizes the words when she's describing this clock to Jerry, she emphasizes risk factors. She really, really makes an effort to 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 mention that. Ah. I thought again, like who if I was talking to you about a life clock, just giving you a general summary of this thing and you were like, Oh yeah, that's cool. Why would I emphasize that one particular thing? Obviously that's important to her. So then I thought, well, again, what who would that be important to professionally? Life insurance. Life yeah, insurance yeah, yeah, people. Life insurance. So yeah, I think yeah. she either works in life insurance as like a policy consultant or maybe an underwriter. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, and there is a cliche that people who work in like insurance and accounting and, you know, finance are maybe a bit boring. They don't have the most exciting lives. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're just a bit plain. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of plays into her character. Ah, okay, yeah. So that's, that's my justification as to why I think she... Uh, works in life insurance. And do you think she maybe like she focuses too much on her job and she doesn't have much of a social life? Because you know when when they do run into um, Kim and Melissa, they're uh, they're Ellen's friends. Um, they're basically like, oh, we're glad you're doing this. She needs this. You know, you going on a date. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, bad breakup. And they said, no, 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 just walk away. Just walk away. Yeah. I like how they don't even say goodbye to her. It's yeah. Like, must be shit friends. Yeah, probably, probably yeah. very superficial friends. Yeah. Probably yeah. friends like people that she just tacked onto when she was younger. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah. I guess no. I I didn't think of that, but um, that definitely makes sense. That maybe she works a lot. Yeah. Um, and she just hasn't had time for relationships. So when someone you know really likes her and dates her. Her friends are happy for her. Yeah. You know, that her, you know, she'll be less of a uh, a loser. But how about, isn't that interesting when they go out on a date and she picks the date and it's her birthday? Yeah. And Jerry has nothing prepared. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Maybe she's celebrating her birthday in the Monday after the weekend. She's not Lincoln. She's not she's Lincoln. Not Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. That was yeah, a good line. That's good. A good little dig at George. What about that? Imagine if you're going on a date with someone mm. and then like you're talking and they say, oh, it's my birthday. It's like. Uh, happy birthday. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd, you'd, I mean, you'd be happy, but you'd be like, uh, you'd feel a bit weird. I like, wouldn't say awkward, but just a bit confused. It's like, well, may, maybe, okay, what, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've I've been in those situations before where someone like says something and you think, like, you know, there's no not that people are obliged to announce their birthday or whatever, but. You know, they'll just mention it really casually and you're like, why? Like, yeah. why are you at work or why aren't you yeah. out or whatever? Why I don't aren't know. you going out? Do you reckon she might be possibly an orphan or a ward of the state or something? Like, maybe she doesn't have parents? Um, like, maybe she's... A possibility. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she's been an orphan. 
What makes you think that, though? I don't know. Well, you know, if it's her birthday, surely she mm. should have, like, parents or relatives or... Family some, or some yeah. fe- celebrating with someone. Maybe. I other than know. just her first date. Maybe. Well, she's yeah. been in foster care. I don't know. It's just, like, my guess. Yeah. I mean, because that's weird. I mean, you, it's your birthday and you have no one around. I guess that, that makes sense if we assume that she works long hours in a pretty boring corporate job. Like, maybe she just doesn't have a large social circle. Mm. And maybe her family lives far away. Or maybe she's an orphan. Or, yeah, she just doesn't have many people around her. Yeah, maybe. Regardless of circumstance. Mm. Or, you know, the reason why. Yeah. No, that would make sense, too. Um, I also think, uh, that, sorry, I forgot to mention before as to why she works in life insurance. She mentions that she, she meant, she mentions, Menza. she Menza. <laughs> she Menza. she's pretty smart. Yeah, she is. Uh, she mentions that she Hi, got IQ. her master's at, uh, Sorbonne, which Sorbonne, is a yeah. university in Paris. Yes, that's right. And I looked at what courses they offered in the nineties and oh. they actually offered a master's in business. There you go. So they didn't say insurance specifically. But I feel like you could use a business master's, you know, in insurance. Yeah, for life prob- insurance, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but I really I really I, like it. I, try, I like I, her too, actually. I, I liked her character. I really tried to figure out. There was an episode we did last season of the season before where there was a joke and it completely went over my head. It was really obvious. And then I asked you why this thing was a joke. I can't remember what episode or which character. And you explained it to me and I was like, oh, I'm just dumb. And I was thinking the same thing with this. I'm like, is there a really obvious reason why people think that she's a loser? And I'm watching this episode and I just can't figure out why why this her being a loser is an ongoing I think gag. she'd be a great girlfriend. Yeah. You know, I'm sure most men wouldn't mind someone like her. No. You know, I think, maybe, I think she's maybe, got she, maybe she cuts back on the work, you know, doesn't work as much and spends maybe. time with her, you know. Maybe. Yeah, but but then I realised it clicked again, like confirming that I thought I was dumb. I'm like, oh, that is the joke that you don't know. That you don't know. Yeah, the humour is the fact that no, everyone thinks she's a loser. Yeah, but no one can explain why. And then Jerry's trying to find every, you know, he's famous for dumping people mm. over the most mundane, silliest things. Yeah, and he, he tries finding everything, anything, anything, but nothing comes up. Yeah. So I think know. I think the the you know the the writing philosophy of her character is because nothing's wrong with her something must be wrong with her yeah and in the Seinfeld universe everyone's weird yeah and she's the most sane one yeah in that episode at yeah. least yeah so, you, you know. just don't fit into our little world so therefore you can't be part of exactly. it exactly that's like when Susan in in the previous season tries to go into the circle yeah and then you know just doesn't work out yeah so. she's probably the most sane and rational <laughs> you know and emotionally mature out of all of them exactly you know, so, and they're just know. like no you're too normal yeah. get out of here yeah. you're too well adjusted and responsible <laughs> yeah. get out of here that's exactly what it is you loser yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing. And I think, yeah, now I think, now you mention it, actually. I think Ellen was out of place in that yeah. universe. She yep. just didn't fit. Okay. So they didn't even know it consciously. They just knew that she, she was, was like a, a Susan. Square, she was just, she was a just square peg in a, yeah, in, a, in a round hole. Round yeah. hole. In the round insane hole, which is the yeah. side of the universe. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. I think that was the joke. Yeah. We've nailed it. Yeah. That's it. So she was actually normal yeah. compared to them. Yeah. And I think, I think she dodged a bullet as well. Because if she, you know, got to know, because she only met Kramer and George once. Yeah. You know, you don't even know if she met Elaine. Yeah, uh, she went on, you know, maybe what five dates with um, with Jerry. Well, and they went away it, to Vermont. That's true, actually. Oh no, did they actually? Oh no, maybe they cancelled. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sort of <laughs> well, left. It's, it's sort left of ambiguous. Left, left ambiguous, and, and you never see Ellen again. That's right. It's the first and last time you see her. Yeah, and Jerry's excited about them going to Vermont, but then um, Kramer and uh, <laughs> and George, George have the intervention. In. Yeah. yeah, an intervention. I'll Should like I go a, first? No, 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 no you no, go. I've got to gather my thoughts. Gather my, thoughts. my favorite part of that whole thing is for some reason George takes the phone off the hook. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, this is so important. We can't even be interrupted <laughs> by a phone call. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just so we have to do this. Let's talk know? about the Bloomberg executive 
management program, yeah. training program. I thought we were, <laughs> we were going to bring that up yet. <laughs> I love the idea that they're having discussions about Jerry's well-being, you know, privately, just in case his comedy career fails. Yeah, you know, exactly. they're, they're like brainstorming ideas of what your, he can do. Your career will pick up. If I'm not buying any of this. Any of this. <laughs> I just love that, that they would do that, you know, for Jerry, even yeah. though they wouldn't. They wouldn't no, they give wouldn't. a shit. No, it's funny. Yeah, it is but I, I like Dylan. Yeah, no, I, I really liked her yeah, at all. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I liked her, I, think, yeah. I think she got a, you know, a bad uh, assessment by the core four. Don't yeah. think she's a loser at all. I think um, uh, Jerry's parents were on point. They're like, she's smart. She's yeah. hot. She's, she's ten she's, times better than that, that Amber girl. Yeah. Yeah, Amber. I wonder, I wonder when she's, she's coming back, back from, from Vegas. Vegas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She must be weird. That's why Jerry wants to, to, to hook back up with her. That's right. Maybe she's... Is she the one that eats peas one at a time? No, probably not. No. <laughs> Let's talk about Stephen Corrin. Stephen Corrin, played by Jed Ryan, known for the films Falling Overnight and The Outside. Never heard of him. Nope. Uh, he hasn't had a film credit since 2008. Yeah. Okay. I liked Stephen too. Yeah. He's, he's cool. And, uh, you know, Stephen's a cool guy. Yeah. Not you. I mean, this Stephen. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Stephen with a V. Stephen with a V. Not a PH like me. <laughs> Not a PH. Yeah, for Stephen. 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 I got called. So, in my job, uh, as you would know, Ivan, because you work with me, yeah. sometimes I have to take calls from different departments. And uh, maybe I was mumbling or I don't know, but I got called David. I was like, you know, blah, 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 Stephen speaking. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, hi, David, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then and then I made a point to emphasize my name at the end to say thanks. You know, I don't, I don't know how I was going to re-mention my name because that would have been silly, but I was thinking if I could, I would. Um but before I had a chance, they were like, oh, thanks, Steppen, for all your help. So I got called David and Steppen. Steppen. Yeah. Steppen It's not even a real name. <laughs> Born I to, to I, be one. I used to get called Stephen when I was a kid. Steppen. You know, when I was teased by other kids in primary school. I was like, oh, shut up, Stephen. 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 You to step on a hen. I remember some kid used to say, like, that I was violent against chickens, like step hen or uh, something. I don't know. Step on hens and Something like that. And now know. you're vegan. So yeah. That's how it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I like Stephen. I do too. Yeah, he's a good character. Um, yeah, definitely like a young George. Yeah. You know, had the same kind of pathological lying yep. mentalities as George, you know, at the start. So you're a head of the chess club. Yep. Huh? Who's your favorite player? Who's your favorite player? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love how George is in on too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Clearly, well, you know, he's he's got average grades and stuff. I think he comes from possibly a rough background or maybe like a working class background. Okay. I don't think he's kind of had, you know, like the privilege of like going to like good schools and, and you know, I think, and especially like him trying to get through, especially his teenage years, I think he's had to like kind of manipulate and lie and kind of do things to kind of, you know, like maybe to pass, maybe he's not that intelligent. Um, I don't think he's that intelligent, really. And I think he's very... Well, obviously, he, he becomes disillusioned after losing the scholarship and going with the Van Buren boys. So, clearly, he's very... He's, he's able to be quite influenced and moulded quite easily, you know, like... Yeah. He's able to be used like a, like a piece of clay. You know, okay. people can just mould him and he's easily manipulated, Yep. I think. Mm. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think he's probably wants to try and get out of, like, his rut, whatever it might be. You know, and then uh, he tries the scholarship and it works, and then he he gets denied, and then he falls back, falls into the Van Buren boys. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a pretty good take. I thought a bit differently about a few points. Um, 
I agree with you that he's probably from a less privileged background. He's had to work for it, you know? Yeah. 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 And even his average grades, uh, you know, for him are an achievement. But I solid think he, in GPA solid is a solid 2.0. <laughs> it's like, I thought, you know, I thought this was based on academics. He can read. He can read. <laughs> he knows how to read. Yeah. Um, I, I thought maybe as well as like a, a more disadvantaged background, maybe there was some academic pressure, pressure, pressure from, 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 from an outside source, maybe it's right, right. Um, and that's what made him apply for the scholarship. And when he, you know, he obviously doesn't really think much of himself because he's just like, I'm just making it up. Like, he knows that he, he sort of doesn't he, think he he's got a shot. He, yeah, he knows he's in over his head. Yeah. yeah. But when he gets a chance, I think he thinks, well, this is my opportunity. I'm going to capitalize on this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to aim as high as I can. And that's why he uh, sort of betrays George and, and says that he wants to be a town planner yeah, uh, rather than an architect. And then, yeah, when, when the scholarship's taken away from him, uh, he's he's obviously gutted, you know, to the point where he wants, you know, violent retribution. Of course, and he joins George. the Van Buren boys. Yeah, so I think I think even in his, you know, small little character arc in this episode, I think he mm. transforms a lot. He goes from someone who has low self-esteem and sort of lies to cope with that or lies to just be accepted or whatever. Yeah. He's given a shot, really wants to take it on and, you know, step up. And then, you know, he falls from grace, so to speak. So I think, you know, you can see a real arc in his character. Like, he's a liar. He's given a really good opportunity, even though it's under false pretenses. Mm-hmm. He really wants to capitalize on that. But then he, you know, n- not that I'm saying he shouldn't get even with George or that he shouldn't feel disappointed, but joining a gang and threatening his life is maybe not the, the, the right way to go about, you know, losing his scholarship. But yeah, you could, you know, it was, it was very much a, an up and down for Stephen. The tragedy of Stephen Corrin. The tragedy of Stephen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you know, even if George had the had the shit kicked out of him, do you think he would have gotten his scholarship back? Mm, what if George had the shit kicked out of him? Yeah, I mean, like, do you think you know? Because oh, like, because yeah. they chase him down right at the end. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know, and they would have caught him, and they would have yeah, probably reckon, kicked the shit out I of him. I reckon, reckon would George would have given yes. him the scholarship yeah, back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's 100%. too. George is too weak to you know even sort of stand by his decision after getting beaten up. Nah, he'd have to. Yeah. Or maybe he got like a wedgie like in the library. <laughs> wearing boxes or briefs? An atomic wedgie. Ah, yeah, an atomic. I reckon he got an atomic. Yeah. Nice, nice. Do, no more stalling. Next one, do the next one or you're meat. Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything else about Stephen? Uh, no, I, I think he's, um, yeah, he probably comes from a, like a poor or disadvantaged background. He's trying his best to get on top and when he loses the scholarship, you know, he's he joins the Van Buren boys. He's easily manipulated and I think he kind of wants to be part of something as well. Yep. You know, he wants to be part of something. Yep. Anything. Yep. You know, even a gang or a, a university or a college, you know, yeah. he wants to be part of something. So, sorry, just it just occurred to me. Do you think he wants to be a town planner seriously because he wants to aim higher than an architect or do you think he's doing it to spite George? Uh, no, I think he actually wants to. I, I think after he gets offered the scholarship, he probably thinks about it and goes, wow, I'm actually given this chance. Yeah. I'm going to go big. Right. You know, I don't think he thinks about George. I don't think he knows that George wants him just to be an architect. I think right. it's I don't think he tells like George tells him what's yeah. that situation. But I think once he gets given that chance, he probably he's very grateful and he thinks, you know what, architect, I'm not gonna be an architect. I'm gonna aim higher. I'm gonna aim higher. Why don't I I can build a whole city? Why not? <laughs> it's true. You know what I mean? I've got the scholarship. Yeah. Let's do it. That's I true. I mean what because he knows that if he if this scholarship fails and he doesn't get it. He's back to square one. Yeah. He'll get an average job somewhere. Yeah, he's got to join the Van Buren boys. Well, he did. He ended up yeah. doing it. Yeah. yeah. And I guess we can say he got a scholarship back after all That's that. That's true. Yeah. It all worked out. <laughs> yeah. So now he's protected on the streets and he's got, you know, his college paid for. And so now he's win-win. probably designing towns right, right now. Yeah. And he's doing well. Yeah. Stephen? That's true. So, yeah. 
I reckon he should employ Georgia like as a as a male boy, you know, just to get like further revenge <laughs> on him. Him like and some, Newman, like, some like <laughs> low level unskilled job. Yeah, you know, yeah, him, him and, and Newman. Actually, Newman. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, that would. You know, <laughs> <laughs> after you know the, the United States Postal Service, you know, retrenches people. Yeah, <laughs> Newman. You know, he's made redundant. <laughs> yeah, it's like more time to pick my bunions. Yeah, no. <laughs> more bunion stories. Gets and then a, he just makes a living by selling bunion stories to to wacky yeah. neighbors. And he gets cold meat in his foot bath by mistake. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> just Jerry's face and he's like I don't want it that's awful that's like, awful oh. he almost looks like he vomits in his mouth a bit like he's just like Ugh. yeah I know um, I've got notes about Wick okay I don't um, have any actually okay we'll just talk about Wick yep. uh, played by Bruce Davidson he's known for X-Men The Fosters and Willard uh, he was nominated in 1991 for a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for his performance in the film Long Time Companion he won a Golden Globe in the same year for the same film Okay. In the same category. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's uh, he's one of. The, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure he's in other episodes as he well. Is. But I thought I'd talk. Like, should we talk about him now? Yeah. 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 I'm okay. Well, we'll talk about him, and then we'll talk. About, he's also in the episode where the foundation is formed. I can't remember the what foundation. that episode is. Is that what it's called? <laughs> season eight, episode one. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> True. We haven't done that one, have we? No. Not no. yet. No. That, no. That's the season eight premiere. Yep. Foundation. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're gonna, we're never, that'll never, uh, never, cat, never finish. Um, yeah. So Wick, you know, he he reminded me a bit like Jeff Bridges. He had like kind of Jeff Bridges persona. Do you think? I don't uh, know. He just had that kind of look about him. Okay. I don't know. He yeah. He just had that kind of demeanor. Um, mm. Obviously, you know, he's a friend of the family of the Rosses, you know, and he's one of the instigators of the scholarship. And uh, at first, he doesn't like Stephen, but then he grows to like him. Yeah. You know. I think when he sort of, um, you know, shits on George, that's when he likes him. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, him and George have a... You know, he hates George. Oh, they all hate George. They all hate George, you know, yeah. <laughs> I like the scene where Jerry's like, does that bother you that, you know, they're doing everything possible to make sure that you get any of this money? No. And George is like, no, 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 no I'm... No. F- what does he say? He's like, not, I'm fine with it. Fine, I say. I'm fine, and slams I the door say. and walks out. <laughs> they're just rubbing it in. They're yeah. like, oh, you see this money? We're going to give it to some, some kid. <laughs> You know, fuck you, George. <laughs> you know Basically, what I mean? It's yeah. like, fuck you, George. Anything. It's like, <laughs> yeah. nope, nope, nope. I'm fine with it. Fine. And I had say. he have married Susan, he would have got the money. Mm-hmm. That's the funny part of the whole thing. Yeah. They were disengaged. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get the money. Fun well, he was it. going to marry her. He just sort of incidentally killed her. Indirectly kills her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. But if they were married, he would have got the lot. He would have. They could have done. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, we, I guess we'll talk about him another time. But, uh, yeah, clearly he doesn't like George and he's very happy with Stephen. I guess his relation, I guess him in the episode, you know, he, he likes what Stephen brings, you know. At yeah. first, he, I reckon when he sees Stephen and, Steve, and, and George describes Stephen, I don't think Wick likes him too much. You know, he thinks, oh, these are for academics. Yeah, you know, I, think these he's, I think he's definitely unimpressed. Mm. But then when he sees that this kid's been given a chance, you know, an opportunity, and, you know, he wants to reach for the stars, I think Wick changes his tune. And he yeah. goes, you know what, let's give him a go. Susan yeah. would be very proud of what, you, what you're doing. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's a sly dig of like, Susan would be very proud that you've just shat on George. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think it's that. With her, I like the way that that scene's shot because you see him like, he's really close to his face and he's really impressed and he's really happy and he's shaking his hand. And he's like, Susan would be really proud. And then and George is just like... George is in the background just with his arms like, you know, uh, like arms folded, really so disappointed. Do, so do you think he's also, doing it? Do you think he's doing it to piss off George? Maybe. Just as a big fucking Yeah, it's just like yeah. a big like rub it in your face because also further in the background, like George is in like the middle background and in the background background, you see the big portrait of Susan like looking over Yeah, her, yeah, that's right. Know, that's why he's like, Susan would be really happy. I wouldn't be surprised if it was deliberately shot that way to make it sort of look like they were further humiliating George yeah. even after Stephen says that he doesn't want to be an architect. Yeah, he wants to go bigger. You know, because <laughs> yeah. they all just want to take a big shit on him. Yeah, basically. Because <laughs> you know, he's being punished. 
punished for what he's done. He probably deserves it. Yeah, he, he does, you definitely. Know, definitely. He should have got the more expensive envelopes. That's true. <laughs> yeah. anyway. or, just, or just not the cheapest. <laughs> Indeed. And that's all the secondary characters from the Van Buren boys. Yes. Yeah, uh, one more break and uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, some Seinfeldisms. I got a really good one after this. Uh, Seinfeld trivia for the week and that's about it, I think. Yep. Yeah. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Stephen Corrin has the highest of aspirations. He wants to be an architect. <laughs> is that right? Actually, maybe I could set my sights a little bit higher. Stephen, that thing is higher than architect. I think I'd really like to be a city planner. Why limit myself to one building when I can design a whole city? Well, that's a good point. No, it's not. Well, isn't an architect just an art school dropout with a tilting desk and a big ruler? <laughs> it's called a T-square. So, to Stephen, we've spoken about the Van Buren boys from season eight. So we talked about the secondary characters, and I gave a bit of a plot synopsis. And, you know, we did a usual thing. Out of 51 episodes that we've reviewed uh, for Bindwa Bass so far, where does the Van Buren boys sit in your chart it comes in at number 41 41 okay yeah so not bottom yeah but um out of 51 episodes it's in the bottom 20th percentile okay um or i should say 80th percentile 80th percentile yeah Yeah. um yeah like i said at the start i didn't hate the episode i didn't think it was a weak episode but i just don't think it holds up i think the, the more and more and more episodes that we do you know there's you know the difference between you know, I'm looking at number 32, which is the checks, just on my list. Yeah. The difference between me liking the checks and me liking the Van Buren boys is minuscule. Yeah, you know, right. I, like, I, you know, I like probably both basically the same, but at some point you just have to stick it in the in the list and go, well, this is sort of where it sits. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, if I thought about it more, it might change position. But you know, as a as a general position, yeah, in the 40s. Yeah. Cool. My top 10, uh, from 10 to 1 that we've done so far, include the phone message, the apartment, the pony remark, the baby shower, the stakeout, uh, the limo, the sniffing account, and the movie, the pen, and the jacket. Nice. What about um, you? For me, number 27, okay. the Van, Bur- Van Buren boys. Um, you know, I like this episode. It was good. Def- like, obviously not one of the classics, of course, and not one which I guess would really hold hold up too much. Uh, but no, it had very good funny moments in it. You know, I thought it was a good episode. Uh, you know, better than some that we've reviewed. But, yeah, you're right. As we're going to do more episodes, the Van Buren boys are going to drop even further down the list. It's harder and harder to pick those middle ones. Like, yeah. you'll know the ones that you really won't like. They'll probably always stay in the bottom ten. Yeah. You'll always have your top ten that you'll, you know, that will mostly, you know, they'll get replaced. Yeah. But the middle, you know, 160 <laughs> will, I don't know, like... They can just it, be interchangeable. Yeah. You know, what's the difference between number 140 and number 128? Yeah. It's what's like, the difference? Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know? it's almost arbitrary at that yeah. point where you're just like, yeah, it's yeah, 123 just, or 126. You just give it a position. Yeah. You just slot it in, yeah. Yeah. It's more uh, about just general feel. Yeah. You're like, yeah, it feels about 40. Yeah. You know, rather than going, well, what do I like about it more than 39? Yeah, exactly. Know, or less than 39. Yeah. yeah. Just throw it in. That's right. Uh, my top 10, number 10 is the movie, uh, followed by The Sniffing Accountant, The Pony Remark, The Hamptons, The Bizarre Jerry, number four. Five is the soup Nazi, the puffy fo- followed by the puffy shirt rather, the outing, the mango. Number one is the contest, reigning supreme. And nice. I can think of maybe one or two episodes off the top of my head where which might knock off the contest. Yeah, I've uh, got a couple in mind that might knock off the jacket. Okay, 
but um, possibly we'll wait and see we'll wait and see we'll find yep. out anyway we'll put those in the show notes too that's right top 10. and uh, we did go through our top 10 secondary characters last week so we won't repeat them this week but they will be in the show notes as no. well I would like to make a mention that Ellen came close to being in my top 20 okay so yeah I reckon she probably would have been like 23 24 if I had like a definitive list okay she was really close I really liked her character yeah but unfortunately just missed the cut fair enough yeah cool uh, let's talk about some Seinfeldism. Yes. I've been chomping at the bit all ah, afternoon for this one. So. I've been pumped to tell you this. This only happened this afternoon, right? Awesome. Like this, I didn't plan it for this episode. It just happened. So I was in a team meeting. We have a team meeting at work every two weeks, right? So we were in the meeting and we were talking about KPIs, you know, riveting stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the KPIs is productivity. Anyway, so they were um, basically saying that, you know, I won't go into the details because, you know, I don't want to bore bore the listeners, but they said that, you know, we've got to do so many things a day, you know, to reach our KPIs and blah, 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 blah. And the difference and the, the reduction in, in what we've done or what we have compared to what we've done, the reduction is what we like to call shrinkage. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. <laughs> I And I was the only person, there was probably about 30 or 40 of us in the meeting room. We've got a massive team. Yeah. I was the only one laughing. I actually started laughing in the meeting room, <laughs> and people look looked at, you and at me go, like, weird. What? Yeah, people. A couple of people sniggered as well. Like when surely, they, when, surely, at least one other person out of that group would have known what you <laughs> yeah, were laughing I about. I know. I was, but it's actually part of like the official lexicon of, of my company, of my department. It's like the, the amount, the, the the reduction in work compared to like our our stats, you know, in productivity is shrinkage. That's amazing. That's going to be like on the reports. The shrinkage. So it's gone from like say a thousand accounts to eight hundred accounts. The shrinkage is two hundred. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like I couldn't stop uh, laughing. I was, so and people good. were looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I can imagine you like with your manager, you know, at the end of the review period. So why was your shrinkage so high? And you'd be like, I was in the pool. I was in the pool. <laughs> I was actually going to yell out, I was in the pool. <laughs> yeah. I, then I didn't think anyone would have got it. No. I was the only one that was laughing. It might be deemed inappropriate to Pro- yell out a, you know, a sitcom line in the middle of a meeting that pool. refers to a shrunken penis. I know. People <laughs> might be like, it's funny, but maybe at the pub. <laughs> I was in the pool. Uh, I was tempted to go, I was in the pool. That's so I was good. in the pool. I was in the pool. It shrinks. Yeah, it shrinks. These stats. That's what you should have said. You'd be like, it shrinks? Yeah. <laughs> These stats shrink. That's so good. That's, I knew you'd love that. That's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. So good. And it's, like I said, it was funny that I was the only one laughing. <laughs> yeah. And that I'm was sure good. at least across someone else's mind. A few Surely. people did. A few people came up to me and said, yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. A few people did. Not many, but... That's funny. Yeah. That's they, they said we saw you laughing in the room. <laughs> Years ago, I worked at Woolies when I was a teenager into my early 20s. And uh, they referred to any sort of loss, so whether it was theft or, you know, food wastage or yeah. like a bottle breaking, that was collectively called shrinkage Shrinkage, well. yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> that's hilarious. I just love how it's like an official work term now, shrinkage. <laughs> shrinkage. They'll be like, let's look at the stats. Oh, there's a lot of shrinkage here. Oh, man, you're going to snicker every meeting. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Every meeting's going to be like, drink it, drink it. I'm going to be like, oh I was God. in the pool. Yeah, I'll, yeah, then I'll yell, I was in the pool. I was on the laptop. Yeah. <laughs> I was on my brain. Yeah, it's like, ironically. I was on my brain. Yeah, it's like, why Why have you got more shrinkage this time? Well, ironically, I was watching Seinfeld <laughs> at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I knew you'd like that one. That's awesome. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, waited. For, uh, you, uh, I made you... <laughs> I was ready to tell you today. I was yeah. like, "Come on!" But you know, but you, you, you restrained me. You said, "No, tell me yep. tonight." I made so, myself wait. I'm, I'm glad. glad. Thank I'm you. Glad. Thank you. I have two Seinfelds for the week. Seinfeldisms. Seinfeldisms. <laughs> two Seinfelds. I have two Seinfelds. Jerry and Morty. <laughs> yeah, and they're here with me right now. Hey yes. guys, what's the deal? Oh, the flat tax, <laughs> the compound interest. <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible Morty. Yeah, it was. but I know what you mean. Compound uh, interest. 
So uh, on the weekend, I was with a friend and uh, about a year ago, she mentioned that she had a Seinfeld pin um, and she... Take the pen. Take the pen. No, a pin. A pin. A take pin. the pen. Take the pen. Take the pen. She actually said that to me as well. I made her, she's like, I don't know what I'm saying. And I'm like, say, take the pen. No, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> it she... sticks upside down. <laughs> <laughs> it pins upside down. It pins upside down. You want it? Take it. Take it. No, that didn't happen. I can't wait till we do your What's the Deal with Jack Clompus. Man, it's gonna be just, amazing. Yeah, it's just going to be me yelling in a microphone. Yeah, me You're too. just going like, Ugh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to hear headphones yeah. drop and like, and like footsteps walking away. I'll just put money on the table. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Contest. I win that contest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, so she gave me a pin. I'll put it up on Instagram, actually. Um, and it says, it's a small little pin. Uh, and it says Festivus for the rest of us. Ah, yeah, it, the cool. writing's in the Seinfeld logo, like the yeah. yellow circle with the red. I saw it. Red it's text. really cool. Yeah, no, it's really cool. cool. Nice. Yeah, so thank you, Laura, if you listen to this. I don't think you do, but if you do. Now you will. Now you will. And you'll subscribe to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Bidwabask. Was that your us. attempt at like really, really bad subliminal advertising? You're like, you will subscribe to this episode. Yeah, basically. Actually, that reminds me of a Simpsons scene. And I met, I was talking about this yesterday with two <laughs> friends. Uh, you know the episode where Homer joins the Navy? Uh, even Ethniage. Even Ethniage. And um, Lisa finds out the conspiracy that uh, LT Smash is actually Lieutenant Smash. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, you know, she's grilling him about the subliminal advertising. And he's like, you know, naval, uh, naval uh, applications are declining. So we have to be, you know, more... Uh, you know, we have to do more to um, to recruit new members. It's like, we've got three types of uh, recruitments. We've got subliminal, liminal, and superliminal. <laughs> and she's like, superliminal? And he goes, yeah, let me let me uh, demonstrate. And then he opens the window, like, and just outside of his office, Lenny and Carla just hanging on a letterbox. They're just leaning against yeah, the letterbox. Yeah. He goes, hey, you, join the Navy. And they're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. works. And then they just walk off to <laughs> yeah. join the Navy. It's not even like subliminal. It's just, <laughs> just like in your face. It's just like, hey, it's do it. superliminal. Yeah, it's super like, liminal. hey, you, join the Navy. Okay. There's no works. there's no sub. No. It's no all above board. Yeah, it's, it's all above ground. Yelling in your face yeah. and you going, Yeah, okay, casually agreeing. <laughs> nice. That's what that's you with Patreon. You know. Subscribe <laughs> to Patreon. Okay. Okay. okay yeah, yep. please. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so the more you yell, the more so what was her name? Lauren? Laura. 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 You say Laura, please listen. No, please. Just okay. subscribe to Patreon. Subscribe to Patreon. Amazon, like, Bibba Bask. Yeah, she'll be like, okay. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Bit of Seinfeld trivia to finish off t- this week's episode. I have a second Seinfeldism. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. So you were so wrapped up in your badge. I thought, oh, maybe <laughs> I'll just let you, let you, you know, do whatever you want with it. You know? Yes. I'll let you uh, enjoy, enjoy the badge. I will. It's on my wallet. Uh, so my second one on Saturday afternoon, uh, again, on the weekend I listened to a podcast called well I discovered a podcast via another podcast called Imaginary Advice mm-hmm. uh, it's put together by a UK writer his name's Ross Sutherland it's not a very popular podcast okay um, and the episode like ours I, like ours <laughs> and the episode is called Seinfeld but it's S-E-I-N-F-E-L-D like a like an acronym yeah I don't think it's meant to stand for anything but it's meant to signify sort of uh, like a robotic or a computer-based acronym. What's the deal with electronics? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the episode itself, and it's a fucking amazing episode of any... It's one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Oh, wow. Be like cool. just Yeah, not not his podcast, because I've only listened to one episode. I don't know what the others are like, but this one particular episode was just mind-blowing. Oh, so wow. this guy was tasked by someone, maybe a software company, to actually uh, deprogram a neural net that was set up to be a stand-up comedian. Shit. So this guy's a writer and a comedian. He's really articulate, really intelligent, and just really interesting. And the podcast is just a recording of him running the neural net as a program 
so that it talks like a stand-up comedian like hey guys how are you tonight yeah you know blah 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 how's everyone doing like you know talking in that sort of robotic voice and the episode is him like saying stop program and then he'll say you know eliminate joke six put in joke five uh you know and he's trying to reprogram this uh, this neural net so that it sounds like more of a natural stand-up comedian yeah yeah and peppered throughout the episode are um references and also uh bits and pieces of the seinfeld theme song and also the you know the bits of music they play uh coming in and out of the ads and like between scenes and it's just a a half an hour to 45 minute episode of him deprogramming and reprogramming this neural net oh my god that's supposed to be you know designed to emulate you know a natural stand-up comedian that's crazy yeah it's like the concept is crazy but when you listen to it it's it's fucking mind-blowing i wouldn't have thought that good i wouldn't have thought that automation was going to affect stand-up comedians yeah oh my god yeah (laughs) even they're going to be out of work i mean it was it was like terrible like the you know at the end you you can hear him getting more frustrated because he's like take this joke out talk don't talk about that subject matter yeah yeah and then you know he was saying you know for this for joke three uh say it in this certain sort of format and it would just say three random things that made no sense together. So yeah. it was very, very bad. But you can you can see the foundations of of you know the power of AI neural nets in the future. Wow. Yeah, it was it was mind blowing. That's and scary. Not even the neural net, but just the episode itself was just so interesting. I was just intoxicated. Okay. I'll have to I'll have to send you a link yeah, or something it, so you can listen to it. Please. Fucking amazing! I'll put a link in the show notes as well. I'll oh, do, do it, do it, do it, because it is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I can't wait! One to of the best to things I've ever heard ever. All right, phenomenal! All right. I can't wait to listen to it. Anyway, they're my Seinfeldisms for the week, and you've got Seinfeldia. Yeah, just to finish off, uh, by the time Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David had written a thirty-minute script in February '89, they realised they had a sitcom on their hands instead of a special. Jerry and a Larry-like guy could serve as the two main characters. I wonder who that would be. Who would discuss the minutia of their lives. Signals, Jerry. Signals. Signals. That's from episode one. (laughs) Who would discuss the minutia of their lives and turn it into comedy, like Harold Pinter or Samuel Beckett for television. Two guys talking, Seinfeld said. This was the idea. Okay. Yes. Cool. And then Kessler, a.k.a. Kramer, would come along, and then Elaine would come along. She came in the second episode. That's right. The Stakeout. Stakeout. One of your favourites. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like that episode? Yes, definitely. Th- thanks again for listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character for another week. And uh, next week, what are we doing? We're doing The Showerhead from we're, Season 7. We're doing The Showerhead. I know. Nice. So we're going to clean up our act. <laughs> and we'll be back with you for Episode 6 of Season 4 of Bimbo Bass. That's right. We'll be making some salad <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Wrong episode. That's right. <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us, bidwabasspodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on social media. We're on basically everything at Bidwabask. Yeah. We have a website, bidwabask.com. We are available on any uh, platform you get your podcast. So iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, now on Google Podcasts as well. Yeah, so you can listen on your Google Home or Google Assistant device. That's uh, right. And also on the uh, Google app. That's right. So any Android-powered device or any Google-powered device, you can listen to us on that. And uh, finally, we are on Patreon as of, I think, two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, you can check out our support tiers. And if you want to subscribe and get weekly content for a small amount of five Aussie dollars a month, that would be amazing. Yeah, it would be amazing. And if you want to pay a little bit more or a little bit less, rather, uh, one Aussie dollar a month, uh, you support us and, uh, and we thank you and we'll give you a shout out. That's right. All the details are on the Patreon, so go check it out if you're interested. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we'll catch you next week for the shower. Go ahead. Mm-hmm.